Welcome to the latest episode of Nostalgia Myalgia, a podcast where we review stuff that we liked when we were kids and ask, was that really any good? I'm your host, Erin Rand, and today I was joined by fellow Minerva Mag Editor-in-Chief Gabs Roman to talk about the Mediator series by Meg Cabot. If you're not familiar, The Mediator is a six-book YA series about a girl who talks to ghosts. They were first published in 2000, and the series has a seventh installment coming out next February. If you haven't read the books, there are spoilers in this podcast. Well, thank you for joining me on Nostalgia Myalgia. You're welcome. I had to uh, do the the hat trick of Minerva Podcasts and be on every single one. So oh, really? I'm very excited. This is my last oh, yeah. my last one. So to start off with, did have you ever read any Meg Cabot? I have. Like I probably have the weirdest Meg Cabot experience ever. <laughs> I had never read The Mediator. I had never read The Princess Diaries. That seems impossible to me. <laughs> <laughs> I am older than you, so... But the Princess Diaries no, came out in the they, 90s. They were, they were a thing when I was in high school. Um, so I've read a book by her called uh, Boy Meets Girl. Mm-hmm. It's, I think, for adults, because it's about adults. Yeah, I think it is one of her adult books. Um, and it's hilarious. Like, like, I think I got it in middle school as a, you know, congratulations on your report t- card type of gift from mm-hmm. my mom. Uh and I, to this day, still love it and reread it, like, once a year and think it's hilarious. Yeah. Even though it's, like, really silly and out of control. <laughs> uh, and then the only other book by Meg Cabot I'd ever read before I read these is one of the romance novels she wrote under a pseudonym. Yeah, I actually think that was the first Meg Cabot book I ever read, which is weird because I was in, like, the sixth grade. <laughs> so I don't know, like, how that I got that into my hands, but that is definitely, like, one of yeah. the first ones I read was not, like, one of her well-known ones, but one of the historical romance yeah. books. Yeah, and, and I was kind of, I was younger, too. I was, like, I want to say, like, 13-ish, yeah. and I don't really know why I picked up a romance, but... I'm definitely sure that I checked this out from the library. Oh, yeah, me too. Definitely. So. I definitely did. I feel like my mom was even with me, <laughs> I, but I don't recall. I just remember people really enjoyed having sex in that book. Yeah. That's the only thing I remember. Yeah, about. I actually don't remember anything about the book that I read other than it was historical, and it was pretty uh, scandalous. Yeah, my <laughs> mine was like the rake and like the innocent woman, yeah. but then he like teaches her how sex is cool, and they like bang a lot. That's I think like that's, all I remember. That's what all of those yeah. books in that like, <laughs> category are. Even the ones that like aren't explicitly like. Like, romance. Yeah. <laughs> Just maybe without the banging as much. Yeah. I read The Mediator. I remember it was the summer before I moved to Kansas City, so it was summer after eighth grade, and I actually think I listened to it on audiobook for the first time, hmm, because I, when I was reading it, now I could, like, hear the lady's voice <laughs> in my head who, like, read it initially. But yeah, I was like a big Meg Cabot fan. I read her blog like religiously mm. in like 2003 or whatever. So this was like before Twitter and Facebook and stuff. And she updated it all the time. And they were super long posts. And I actually went on her website. That's and awesome. she still has it, but she doesn't update it as often because I think she has a Twitter. Yeah. So she gets that all out. That's like really cool though. Because I've heard, I have some friends who are like super into YA authors and stuff like as adults. And... Like, one of their favorite things to do is, like, go to websites and, or read what they say on Twitter. I guess mm-hmm. that's more of a thing now, but, um, that's kind of cool that you were, like, 
Meg Cabot nerd, hardcore fangirl. Definitely. She had one book that was called Ready or Not that was about, like, if somebody... It was, like, a high school romance, but there was, like, are we ready to have sex? And Uh at the end, they have sex. But I was at 826 Boston, which is the nonprofit that I work for, and it's with children. And it was on their, like, children's bookshelf. And I was just like, oops. Like, with all the, like, Princess Diaries books. Because those uh are, like... I mean, they're a little more scandalous than the movie, but, like, they're pretty tame. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if that's appropriate for like ages six to twelve. Yeah, yeah. So I don't remember the first book I ever read where characters had sex, and I realized they were having sex. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea. But I probably it was fan enough. fiction. Oh, good call. Definitely was fan fiction. Yeah, <laughs> fanfiction.net was like and, my gateway to. And that was hard. Stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, like one of the. I think one of the very f- first fix I ever read, even. Mm-hmm. So I'll go ahead and date myself that my original fandom was Gundam Wing, nice. which is a super old school anime that's actually kind of terrible, but I still love it <laughs> in my heart. Uh, and the main five characters are all teenage boys, so the entire fandom around them was just making them all have sex with each other, of course. Yeah. Because that's how fandom works. Uh, so yeah, one of the very first fan fictions I ever read was NC-17, Those Dudes Getting It On. And you know what? I, I can't remember explicitly, but, like, I'm pretty sure I have fanfiction to thank for making me, like, more open to, like, queer relationships and, like, alternate types of relationships mm-hmm. when I was younger. Oh, like, definitely. Like, I never thought being gay was weird, and I think fanfiction is to, like, thank for that. So, I'm gonna give some credit where credit's due, but... Yeah, probably written by some virgin. Oh, yeah. 17-year-old, but still, thank you. <laughs> Sex and fan fiction is way hilarious, like, after you actually start yeah. having sex, and you're like, wait a minute, what is this? Yeah. Even a lot of published fiction written by adults sometimes, you're like, you, George R. R. Martin, are you sure you've had sex? Sometimes? I mean... I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he has, like, a girlfriend of, like, ten years or something. Oh, okay. But... I don't know anything about George R. R. Martin, other than he doesn't like fan fiction, so... Yeah, well, you know... Anne Rice doesn't either. Yeah. I I poo-poo at authors who don't like fanfiction personally, yeah. but... Okay, so... I bet Meg Cabot yeah. likes fanfiction. Oh, I bet she's really into it. I actually think I read Mediator fanfiction, like, back in the day. Oh, nice. But I don't think there was a very big Was it Jesse Susanna fiction? Definitely. Paul Jesse. Gross. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that exists. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure it does. Although I don't think that it, this had, like, a super huge fan community... You know, something like Inuyasha or right. Harry Potter would have. So there wasn't there wasn't scary. as much choosing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I read like all all fan fiction for the Mediator that existed. <laughs> <laughs> Every single one of the internet. Yeah. Okay. So, what were your first impressions about the Mediator? That I could definitely tell it was written for a younger audience. Yeah. Uh, not like not in a bad way. Sometimes when I go back to stuff I read when I was little, the tone is like so fitting for the age that it doesn't work for adults anymore. Yeah. It's actually one of the struggles I have when I read the first Harry Potter book. Mm. Um, it feels almost too kitty. Yeah. Sometimes, uh, and this was not one where it felt kitty, but I was like, okay, this is definitely for like sixteen year olds. Oh yeah. Like I wrote this. Um, well, like while I was reading it, I was like. The whole time, I was like, I can see why 13-year-old me loved this. Like, yeah. <laughs> and that was actually, like, the immediate thought I had, too. Like, if I had read this 
you know, 10 plus years ago, I think I would have loved the shit out of it. Yeah. And, like, as it was, I still enjoyed it, yeah. but I agree, like, like, it is so made for that yeah. almost 16 age group. Yeah, especially, like, her, like, brand of sass was, like, definitely on point for me when I was, like, 13, 14, so that probably really appealed to me. I did crack up at the, like, New York-California dichotomy. Oh, yeah. She's like, oh, I'm totally a New York girl. And I was like, okay, that's whatever. Yeah. Like, I'm talking too fast for people in California to understand. I was <laughs> like, that's not how life works. No. But okay. I also definitely noticed that I, like, didn't realize this when I was 14, that they have, like, no plot. Some of the books, a couple of the books have, like, no plot. Yeah. <laughs> that is That is very true. Uh, I mean, my main, like, issue with plot in all of these books is a problem I had from the first one, is that I think that some of them have really great setup. I think book two is just an unholy mess. Oh, yeah. Uh, I actually didn't reread book two, with, so... With the fake vampire yeah. <laughs> tank, whatever the fuck is going on in that book. Um, the first one, like, I actually think has a super nice setup mm-hmm. of, like, you know, she sets the whole thing up, the ghost, whatever... Uh, and, like, the whole build-up to the ghost and then her failed attempt, I was, like, super on board, but then I thought the end of the book happened so yes. quickly. Yeah. Like, I think I asked you after I finished reading the first book if that ghost from book one ended up showing up again in a later yeah. one. Because I, I was like, she got rid of her way too fast. Like, surely, based on everything else I've read and watched, she's, like, <laughs> secretly still alive and yeah. is, like, going, well, you know, secretly still a ghost and, like, going to come back. Um, and then when I kept reading, that's just something that I think is true of all the books. Like, the setup is great, the story's fun, the characters are fun, but then the endings are all really rushed. Yeah. Like, they happen in, like, ten pages. Agreed. Yeah, I was really surprised when I read the first book, when I was like, it's over? Like, already? I remember this being more epic. Yeah. She's just kind of like, okay, we're gonna do an exorcism now, and then, like, five pages later, like, okay, she's gone. Yeah. I was like, wait, What? Also, when I read these books for the first time, I had not seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Did you ever watch Buffy? I've seen very little Buffy. Oh, man. What is wrong with you? That's something (laughs) on my to-do list. But when I was rereading this, I was like, this smacks of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I know that Meg Cabot, from reading her blog, is a huge Buffy fan, Mm. and then I I could not get that comparison out of my head. Interesting. So she was pulling a Cassandra Clare, but in, like, a less plagiarist yeah. way. And, like, not, like, not, like, totally, like, ripping off like the just stealing, and, like, yeah. stealing characters or whatever, but just, like, in concept and, like, sort of attitude, it felt yeah. very Buffy. I could see that. Mm. Um, but in the way where, like, that's, again, kind of, I think, part of what appeals to a young teen girl who herself is kind of sassy, mm-hmm. which is also why I saw, saw myself loving the series, because I was totally a smart mouth. Yeah. Um... I was kind of surprised a couple times throughout the books when, like, moments happened that I actually thought were kind of nice, Mm -hmm. um, that, like, worked well. My favorite one being that, well, I thought thought she was going to do more of the, like, her starting to call her brothers, stepbrothers by their real names, which she did a little bit, but not too much. Um, But then I noticed, like, 
all the stepbrothers started calling her mom their, like, mom. Yeah. And people kept referring to her as, like, their sister. And I kind of noticed as the books went on, she, like, stopped bristling at it or noticing mm. it as much. Yeah. And I just thought that was, like, one really nice little thread. Yeah. That I actually, was, like, actually... super like her family. Like, her stepbrothers and her dad and her mom. Her stepdad and her mom, I think. Their, like, dynamic is really great. Yeah, and he's, like, a cool guy. Like, a legitimately good person. Also, though, I noticed this reading this time around that, like, her family is obviously super rich, but they never say anything about it. Like, yeah. it's, like, they just sort of, like, imply, but they never, she never is like, yeah, we have, like, a lot of money, but, like, clearly they would have to. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, they're installing a hot tub and, yeah. like, all well, those, like, the Like, he is, like, a host of a TV show, mm-hmm. which they, like, mention vaguely. Yeah, because at first she just says, oh, yeah, he just, you know, does carpentry or whatever. And then, like, in book two or three or something, she's like, oh, yeah, he's the host of, like, a really popular local <laughs> access TV show or yeah. something. And her mom is apparently a reporter, even though you never see her being a reporter ever. Yeah. But... Well, to be fair, you don't see the stepdad really doing his job either. He does other, hot tub stuff other, Yeah, other than digging up for a hot tub. My favorite uh, moment that made me go, what? Was, like, like how he's a great cook. Oh, yeah. Um, then he made him all sit down to dinner, which I thought was, like, good. But then there was one where she was, like, talking about how he's an awesome cook, and then he gave me a cheese quesadilla. And I was like, that is not difficult to make. To be fair, though, cheese quesadillas are delicious. I mean... They are. It might have had vegetables in it. You don't know. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe to a New Yorker, the idea of like concept of any Mexican food That's whatsoever true. is just amazing to her. Yeah. Maybe it's like queso fresco he bought from like the Mexican supermarket. Paul is the worst. Like he's an actual murderer. Uh, and an attempted rapist. Yeah. He like basically tried to murder his grandfather. Yes. Like, for real. Yes. <laughs> for real. Uh, Paul is the most horrible person of all time. And I hate that it's downplayed on how terrible he is. Yeah. I do, too. Mm -hmm. It was driving me insane. Like, at the end when they kind of finally make up and Mm -hmm. they can be friends now, I was like, that is fucking nonsense. The biggest thing that bothered me about Paul was when they hung out, like, he was always hitting on her no matter how many times she said no or how many times she hit him or what, like, ran away. Uh, and then I just, I really disliked it how... Susanna would legitimately be like, no, this guy's a murderer. I do not want to hang out with him. With no hint of like, but I kind of like him. She's just straight up like, no, he's a terrible person. Mm -hmm. And they would hang out, and then he would like kiss her, and she's like, oh, he's a terrible person, but I want to make out. And then later she'd be like, the way she thought about it wasn't like, hey, this super creepy guy that I'm legitimately terrified might murder me forced himself on me, and then it was never like, hey, kids... Rape is bad. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I thought I thought there was, like, too much sexual assault for it to be, like, yeah. okay. And I really don't like that trope of, well, I didn't want it, but once it started happening, I realized yeah. I did. Mm-hmm. I'm really not okay with that because it plants really dangerous ideas mm-hmm. in people's minds. Yeah. Not that I'm saying, like, Meg Cabot condones that, but mm-hmm. just, like, as an adult reader, that really, like bothered me definitely and so i was actually reading an interview with her today that she did with jezebel um a couple months ago and she was talking about how like all of her like old books are like old they're like decades old and like how she 
thinks about how much regrettable stuff that she has put in them mm. and that, like, she worries that, like, it's really offensive. Like, she talked about, like, how in The Princess Diaries she used the word retarded and she, like, wished she didn't do that and, like, just, like, stuff like that where she used, like, the internet wasn't a big thing, so there's stuff that, like, I just didn't know then that I know better now. Mm-hmm. So I'm sort of, like, willing to give her a pass on this sort of stuff, but it's definitely a down point yeah. for me. And, well, I mean, when, when were the books published? Like, 2000? Uh, yeah, two, the last one was 2003. Okay. So, I mean, that was, I guess, more than 10 years ago, and it is the sort of thing, I think it's the same sort of thing where, um, so I have seen, like, every episode of Friends. Yeah. Uh, and... I haven't watched it in a while, and I was living with a friend, we had, um, like, a DVR, and I was like, oh, Friends is on syndication, like, I'm gonna record some episodes of Friends, and one of the things I realized is that some of the jokes in Friends are now, like, really uncomfortable, Yeah. because stuff that was, like, totally normal and cool to say in 2000 and Mm -hmm. 2002 is, like, not cool anymore. Yeah. And so, like, I still think a lot of Friends is, like, pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I like the show, I but I'm, like, afraid to rewatch it because, like, those sorts of jokes will happen and I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. That's really uncomfortable. I actually want to do a nostalgia myalgia on Friends. Oh, I have a lot I of opinions. Totally join you. <laughs> uh, Speaking of things that aged in a more hilarious <laughs> note... Um, she talks about her clothes yes. all the time, yes. and literally the whole time, every outfit she described, I was like, oh my god, 2002 was a terrible time for clothing. <laughs> I feel like the clothes and, like, the big role that they play date this, these books more than anything else. I would agree with that. Yeah. Her, uh, her sweater sets and Oh my gosh. And you're like, oh, okay. Also, she just wears super fancy clothes all the time. She really does. She wore Jimmy Choo's, like, yeah. to school. Yeah. Also, signal that her family is rich. Yes, exactly. That's was my like biggest indicator. <laughs> that I, was when I was reading. I was just like, "Ugh, I'm glad we've progressed to beyond not that wearing sweater that sets, fashion moments, <laughs> and khakis." Yeah. I don't miss khakis. Khakis are terrible. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. That's pretty awkward. Although I did kind of love that she was sort of obsessed with clothes. Like, she just wholeheartedly embraced that vanity that appeals to me as an adult. I don't think that appealed to me as an eighth grader because I was a huge tomboy. But, like, now I totally get that you can, like, kick ass and also wear nice clothes. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's the one aspect of it I did like was I was like, I like how she's a tomboy kick-ass type girl, but then that doesn't mean that she's just totally, I don't care about fashion or looks. Mm -hmm. She still cares about those things, so it's kind of nice to have this dichotomy of of a girl who cares about fashion and makeup who would normally be, like, a girly girl who Mm -hmm. doesn't do anything else, and she wasn't that, so I could totally appreciate that. That's definitely very Buffy. Yeah. Oh, another thing I will say that I noticed, as a kid, never would have noticed it. As an adult, um, I noticed that... Um, the book, like, was not diverse. Oh, no, not Whatsoever. Whatever, Jesse was Jesse's, Mexican or Hispanic yeah, of some sort. Some, something. Cece's albino. So that's diverse. <laughs> uh, but I, I remember every, because she's just, like, a new love interest in every book or whatever. Mm, yeah. Like, in addition to Jesse, of yeah. course. Uh, and I kept waiting for her to describe a cute boy who was, like, not white. Yeah. It did not happen. It's true. I think the Princess Diaries books have some more diverse characters, although maybe they don't. I actually can't remember. 
One of her friends is definitely Indian in the Princess Diaries okay. books. You have to go back and look. Yeah. But I think she's like the daughter of a sheik, so I feel like that might cancel it out. <laughs> she cancels it right out. Yeah. And uh, I guess, I, and maybe it's just like another one of those things where like nowadays authors just much more casually drop in a diverse mm-hmm. diverse cast. So I was just kind of expecting the same because I'm used to reading YA where you, well, a lot of YA is still not diverse enough, yeah. I will say. It's still full of, I'm reading a YA series right now that is full of white people. It's driving me insane. What is it? Uh, it's the, um, the Testing Trilogy. I don't know that. Their covers are designed to look exactly like, like the Divergent Hunger Games covers. And, and they're basically the same. It's like YA dystopia, oh, okay. like she has to go through the serious testing and like, like, the government secretly killing these kids who are failing out of the testing instead of just sending them home like they claim kind of thing. Um, but I noticed in book one, there was, like, one black guy. He died early on in the testing. <laughs> and then in book two, she pointed out another black guy. He died at, like, the very beginning of the book. And those were, like, the only two, like, black people in the whole book. And I was like, wow. Maybe the author only watches old school horror movies. Apparently. <laughs> it's also It also totally is the trope going on of, like, the main female character is awesome, but she's only friends with dudes. And I'm like, come on. Yeah. Like, throw, throw me a bone here. I liked that, uh, that, uh, that Zeus had friends that were not Jesse. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like sometimes in YA they're like, I had this love interest and no friends, but mm-hmm. it's treated as something that's totally normal. Yeah. And she had, like, some girlfriends. Was and- it Gina Black, her friend from New York? Maybe I'm making this Ooh, up. is Gina Black? I think so. Oh. Yeah. I don't remember. So we have one. We have, to, like, we have to Google this. Yeah. Cause I don't know if this is going to be on Google. If if she was, that'd be, like, pretty cool because um, all the dudes are into her. Yeah. So it'd be, like, a woman of color. I feel like they, like, go to the beach and she, this is so specific, that Sue's, like, describes Gina, like, wearing her swimsuit and... She, like, mentions her skin color at some point. But I actually didn't reread that book, so I cannot say that. I, I did. I, like, just... <laughs> I just did. Is it the third book? I think it's yeah. the third one. Um, did they redesign the covers of these again? They did. Yeah, so I bought all of these books except for the second one when I was in, like, the ninth grade. And then I recently bought the second one so I could have the complete collection <laughs> before the new book comes out. But I had to buy it used to get the specific cover that went along with all of the covers that I owned. <laughs> it's not on the Wikipedia page, which I guess is not that surprising. So. <laughs> okay, well, I would love to know that. I'm going to have to go look it up. So Sue Simon might have a black friend. I am extremely interested to know Gina's race now. Uh, we haven't talked about Jesse at all. Okay. Really. All I have is why does he even like Sue's? Right. Is it because he she's literally the only person he's talked to in 150 years? It kind of gives the same vibe as Twilight. Yeah. <laughs> of like, I mean, and at least like you said, mm-hmm. Jesse hasn't spoken to anyone in like 100 plus years. Yeah. Edward has been around people for a long time. Yeah. So. He's probably not as, like, emotionally old, I feel like, yes. as Edward. Yeah. Edward's definitely far, far creepier than Jesse. I will... I'm not saying Jesse's yeah. creepy. But it is weird, because he is... I mean, how old was he when he died? Like, 2021? 20, I think he's 20. Um, and, I mean, he was living in a time period where he was, like, already grown up. 
Yeah. So it is kind of strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they don't have a ton in common. It's true. Um, I... Uh, this romance is just one of those things where I was like, if I had read this as a kid, I think I'd be way more invested in the romance. Oh, yeah. That's the... I think the only reason that I was invested <laughs> in the romance this time around was like, yeah. I shipped them in the eighth grade. Yeah. But as an adult, I was just like, this is... I don't care. And it was described in, like, the most cliche terms when... Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, and they did that totally annoying thing where it's like, oh, like, at the end of the book we kissed, and then, but then he was, like, ignoring me because he felt, like, in the next book, it's like a tease where they didn't actually, like, uh, I just, not (laughs) a huge fan of that. I um, I liked him better than I liked their relationship. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I liked Jesse okay. Yeah. Um, I liked that he occasionally got called out for being old-fashioned. That (laughs) was kind of fun. Um, so, Suze, who I quite enjoy mm-hmm. as a human, um, started driving me bonkers in the later books. Because, Definitely. like, she gets, like, more obsessed with Jesse mm-hmm. as, like, they go on. And the one thing that started happening that, like, really annoyed me was that she, like, started crying about it all the time. And, like, the first time she did it, she's like, oh, like, I'm not the type of girl that goes around crying all the time, like, which is true, because we haven't really seen her cry yet. So I'm, like, totally fine with characters crying and getting emotional. But I felt like in the last couple books, it was, like, every other chapter, she was, like, bawling her eyes out because of (laughs) Jessie. And I was just like, this is getting kind of old for me. Yeah. Um, I understand she's a teenage girl, so it's probably, like, a fairly... Common. uh, (laughs) Like, a normal reaction. (laughs) Like, I probably would have done the same thing. But it's one of those things, like, does not really work for an adult. Yeah. So it's just like, okay, get over yourself. <laughs> Sorry, Suze. Although, okay, so normally the, like, love interest is immortal slash way older, like, hundreds of years older is, like, a huge deal breaker for me. That's, like, actually why I super hated this shadow. What is that book we're reading for book club? Oh, Daughter of Smoke and Bone. Daughter of Smoke and Bone. That was, like, a deal breaker for me. And then, what did I recently read? Uprooted by Naomi Novik. It was, recently came out and everybody freaking loved it. And it had one of those, like, the dude was, like, immortal. And, like, the chick was 17 or whatever. Yeah. And that was a huge deal breaker. And I, that was, like, the reason I just couldn't get on board with the book. But for some reason, I was okay with this. <laughs> nope, I, I kind of did the opposite thing with Dog and Smoke and Bone, where I was like, well, she technically kind of has another story. <laughs> Spoilers! Uh, so it's not that bad. I'm just going to talk about it in a couple <laughs> weeks anyway. Uh, yeah, I also don't like that. I also... I mean, now that now that you mention it, why is it always, like, the dude who's the powerful immortal. I don't know. That's why gender swap Twilight is, like, so appealing to me. I'm really curious to how that I've heard it's kind of a disaster. Apparently the male version of Bella is, like, 10,000 times worse than Bella. Oh, no. How is that even possible? But the female (laughs) version of Edward is, like, way better than Edward. (laughs) So then it ends up just being, like, even... It's not, like, two terrible people who are meant for each other, but, like, badass vampire lady who's, like, way too cool for... Shitty high school guy. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about the um, loophole in book six that allowed Jesse to oh, oh go back God. to his body? Uh, so it wasn't really that that bothered me. It's that they went back in time and they like took his body, but then they didn't account for any of the changes like in like the whole rest of the books. Like if they like if Jesse had not died by strangling, but instead his body had come through time, like wouldn't he remember like meeting Susanna in the past? 
And then, like, that basically changes everything. Also, he'd be wearing a different outfit because mm-hmm. that, that actually bothered me when I was in eighth grade as well. <laughs> so that bothered me more than, like... like the timeline issue, continuity. Yeah, the, the continuity, continuity issue uh, bothered me more than, like, the bow-wrapped ending because the YA book, specifically the middle-grade YA book. So, like, I didn't think... I pretty much figured that it would end that way. You were, like, loophole fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What did you think? I was actually really hoping the book would end with, like, Jesse dying. <laughs> <laughs> like, moving on forever. Totally, actually. Um, I guess that would be, like, the adult version of the book, Definitely. though. yeah. Uh, I, I just don't really like that crap. And I was kind of... I was annoyed by this, like, whole thing... I guess I'm going to make another fucking reference to Twilight, which is a problem, apparently. I think I read the, this um, book and Twilight at the same, like, at the same time. Yeah. Um, where at the very, like, the very end of book four of Twilight, they're like, oh, by the way, the werewolves aren't actually werewolves, you're shapeshifters, you just change into wolves because that's your, like, Native American oh, yeah. blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, then why the fuck did you set up this whole werewolf, like, mythology and then, like, at the very end just be like, well, it's not a thing. So the thing that bugged me about this was, like, she's a mediator. Paul comes up and, like, starts hinting at something different. And then there's this really cool hinted-at backstory. Like, you're not actually a mediator. You can, like, travel through time and all this crap. But none of that shows up until the end. And then it just feels like it's just there for the purpose of, like, tying up the romance Mm -hmm. plot. Yeah, definitely. And I really dislike the, oh, by the way, you have special hidden powers thing. Mm -hmm. Like, if it's hinted at and explored and then, like, it... Like, it's okay if it doesn't hit the climax until the last book of yeah. the series. But I really don't like the, by the way, you have this, by the way, there's, like, all this ancient mythology, but mm. then you don't actually ever explain Find out. it. Yeah. I actually think that Paul, the, even though he's a dick, should have been introduced, like, earlier in the series, and also, like, probably, hopefully been, like, a more nuanced character. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and, like, so that that stuff could be explored, because I kind of hate that he is, like, just comes up in the middle, and it's, like, mm-hmm. all this stuff, too. Yeah, books, books one through three are, like, their own little adventures, mm-hmm. and then book four kind of is, too, because this mm-hmm. is the one where he's introduced, and yeah. he doesn't play a role until, like, the very end. Yeah. And then five and six are, like, kind of on the same, yeah. on the same thing, and that mm-hmm. kind of bothered me, too. Also, I was annoyed that, like, that little kid that she was taking care of, who was the mediator, like, never showed up again. Oh, yeah. Just, like, never told, like, where his family was. Oh, yeah, that was his little brother, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're in Seattle or wherever they're from. Yeah, I thought that was kind of odd. Yeah, well, you know, like, never, this like, he never talks about his family at all. Yeah. Like, oh, I left them. Except for my grandmother that I'm I'm actively trying to murder (laughs) for some reason. Yeah, and then I liked, like, the reveal of the grandpa not actually maybe being all gone. But, like, it just, it didn't feel like it really went anywhere interesting. Mm-hmm. It just turned into, like, a means of getting Jesse in a human body. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was, like, more bothered by that. Like, the, like, the history nerd in me was like, come on. You're, like, setting up some <laughs> lore here, and then you're not going to explore it. Maybe you'll get it in the next book. I would really appreciate that, McCabot. Uh, <laughs> if you're listening. You can get on that, please. <laughs> oh I really gosh. appreciate it. Um, Cece and Adam and whatever was happening between them. Oh, so annoying. <laughs> what the fuck was that? that I, I, appreciate, I appreciate that Sue's had friends. Yes. And, like, she seemed to like her friends and, like, actually care about them. 
but they were very annoying, and I think she would have been better off having different friends. <laughs> I actually like Cece. Yeah, I like Cece. Adam's gross. Adam? Adam's the Moroku, but you didn't watch Inuyasha, no. but he's the Moroku of this series. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyone who's seen Inuyasha will know what that means. Yeah, it was... Uh, I, I think it's just because, like, they weren't... There wasn't quite enough of them mm-hmm. for, like, their shit to, like, work. Yeah. In terms of the book. Um... Like I said, I like Cece. I like that some of, like, her journalist stuff, like, came into play mm-hmm. where she was, like, trying to figure stuff out. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, Adam did not really work for me. Cece and Adam's thing did not really yeah. work for me. I didn't love that Gina only appeared in, like, one book and then was, like, never heard from again. Yeah, I actually thought the same thing about her dad, who's a ghost. Yes. Where he, he shows up in, like, two of the books. But, like, I feel like he would have been a really interesting presence throughout. I and agree. he just, like, showed up, like, when convenient. And she makes a couple of, like, oblique references to him, like, maybe not being the best ghost dad. And, like, he doesn't mm-hmm. really show up when I really need him. I was like, that's interesting, but then, like, it never gets explored. Yeah. And then in the last book, he's like, oh, because you wouldn't, like, when she, like, decided not to go back in time to save him, that he was able to, like, dematerialize her. Yeah, so it sort of dro- drove me crazy that he, like, finally, like, moved on, like, after Jesse has a body, so, like, she basically has another dude to take care of her, essentially, because yeah. I think why he, like, moved on to the next plane. It's, it's like, totally the old trope of, like, your husband, your dad hands you off to your husband, yeah. and then, like, and then there you go. Yeah. No, no longer need dad. It's okay, though. I liked Andy. He was dad enough. Yeah, I liked Andy. <laughs> I think he's a good... A good stand-in dad. He felt more like a dad than her real dad. Yeah. And I don't know if there was, like, a purpose of that being done. Yeah, I feel like she could have, like, excluded her go- the ghost dad from the books, and I don't think it would have been really affected at yeah, all. Yeah, I agree. I It was it was one of those things where if I was reading this series, I'd be like, if I was, like, the editor for the series, I'd be like, okay, listen, you either, you either need to take ghost dad out, or you need to put more of him in. Yeah. It's one of those elements that was just, like, on that edge there of, like, why is this quite necessary? So. I guess these books really aren't very long, so. They're really it not. hurt. I read all of them. To, like, bulk them up a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's why he was there. They needed more pages. Yeah. <laughs> if it had been written, like, at a later time when YA books were allowed to be longer, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. The next one's on, according to its Amazon page, which I was on today, is 400 pages. I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm going to have to read this damn book now. <laughs> just just to complete the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's pretty complete without an extra book. <laughs> <laughs> so my question for you is, do you have, like, a favorite and a least favorite? I mean, 8th grade me loved the sixth one because I really liked that it ended all nice and perfect and they got to be together and it was all gooey. Yeah. But I actually really like the first one. Mm-hmm. I think it's really strong. Except for the weird ending. Yeah. The ending is rushed. I I agree. I think the one's like super solid mm-hmm. and they even like have some like kind of interesting stuff going on with the ghosts. Like, I mean, this is a girl who killed herself because her boyfriend broke up yeah. with her. So, it's like, serious shit. Yeah, I actually wrote that, like, I really liked that Susanna, like, told the boyfriend, the ex-boyfriend, like, listen, she didn't kill herself because, you know, like, you broke up with her. She killed herself because she was, like, a sick person. And, like, if you hadn't have broken, broken up with her, like, it would have been something else. And then, like, that would have been the tipping point. Yeah. So, like, don't blame yourself. 
it's telling people, like, if someone tries to tell you, if you break up with them, they're going to kill themselves. Like, like don't give in to that. Um, yeah, there's, like, some interesting stuff going on there. I also liked most of book four. I actually just, like, was really into it when she found out that little kid was, like, a mediator. Oh, yeah. And then, like, started, I thought that was kind of fun. You got some of the history in there. Um, but then Paul sucks. Paul sucks. Again, I didn't really care for the ending of the book. Um, I do love Father Dominic. Oh my gosh, he's so precious. I guess we haven't talked about him yet. I mean, even, we haven't even said his name until right now. I love him. He's so adorable. Yeah. I were friends with a Catholic priest. Like, I know. That's the type of Catholic priest I would want to be friends with. I love how they're just, like, buddies. Yeah. He's, like, a cool dude. And he, like, seems to, like, just, like, genuinely, he wants to be doing what he is doing. Yeah. He's a very earnest, serious person, which I can appreciate. He's apparently, like, a hottie. Yeah, for, like, a 65-year-old. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> which I can also appreciate. Having just recently read The Thorn Birds, apparently priests are, like, super attractive, so. <laughs> yeah, so I liked that. I thought... Um, I thought book two was a mess. I actually didn't reread book two because I remember it being a mess. Yeah, because it's like she has the screaming woman who like says, "Tell him it's not a, tell Red it's oh, not yeah. his fault," and she goes and finds this guy who like thinks he's a vampire, and he ends up just like being like mentally Ill, Yeah, I was trying to remember then, like, if there the was uncle tries to kill her. Yeah, and... so I was re- trying to remember like before we came if there was like actually a ghost villain in there or if it was just the vampire guy. I forgot about the screaming lady. Yeah, and then at the very end she goes, oh, that's like my stepbrother's mom. <laughs> yeah. And she goes and tells her, her like little stepbrother that it like wasn't his fault his mom died, and then she's like, okay, cool, and like disappears. But that was like the only book where there wasn't, like, a ghost plot woven throughout. Yeah. Like, she's not, like, dealing with a ghost the whole time. It's like she shows up a couple times. Isn't and then... that when they get Spike the cat, though? Is the second one where they get Spike? I think so. That might be. <laughs> the biggest plot point. <laughs> That's very possible. Where she has to, like, take a little boy's cat. Yeah. Take a little boy's cat. Yeah. That's very possible. I liked that Jessie was basically an old cat lady. <laughs> <laughs> Will you read the seventh book? Um, um, depends what you think after you read it. Okay. I feel like I'm going to like it no matter what, so. Because the main thing with, like, this series was, um, like, they were entertaining. Like, I think if I had thought they were god-awful, I probably would have just been like, no, the first two are good enough. They were, like, entertaining enough for me to keep going. But one of the things that, like, really applied to that was that they're really quick reads. Yeah. Like, I brought a couple with me to Kansas City, and a flight started, and I picked up the book, and then when the flight landed, like, I was almost done with yeah. it. Um, yeah, I read these completely on commute. I read three of them this week, just commuting, Yeah, so. They're super, super fast. Like, I was always shocked by the time I, like, looked, and I was like, oh, I have, like, 20 pages left. Uh, so that's one of the reasons that I would say, like, if the new one's like that, mm-hmm. then I would be inclined to be like, well, why the fuck not? Yeah. I mean... Yeah, so... Meg Cabot wrote another Princess Diaries book, which I read, which is weird because I actually did not read all of the Princess Diaries books. I was not as into them as I was into The Mediator. Um, And it was, like, it was fine. (laughs) It, like, read exactly like a Princess Diaries book, even though it was, like, ostensibly written for adults, but it wasn't any more scandalous than a regular Princess Diaries book, I don't think. 
but I'm way more invested in the mediator characters. Yeah. So when I was, like, reading the excerpt, I was like, oh, my God, this, like, reads exactly like the mediator, <laughs> which is good. Like, I feel like if it, like, read, like, a totally different book, I would a be, gritty like, pretty, reboot of the mediator. pretty bummed about it. <laughs> Does the mediator need a gritty reboot? Um, I think that it would be a fucking great TV show. Yeah. I could see that. Like, if you expanded the mythology and right. like, expanded the story, like, I would totally watch a TV show about, like, a girl who mediates ghosts. And is in love with, like, a ghost boy or something. Yeah. Also, this is unrelated, but, like, what did Suze think was going to happen if, like, she and Jesse got together? How did she think it was going to end? I don't understand. She did not use her brain. No. She was just using her hormones. Well, and that's, like, why I give Jesse props is he, like, kind of figured it out and was like, this is probably not going to end well for anybody. And, like, tried to back off and, like, be a good person. Yeah. But I just am, like, I don't know what anybody was thinking. This is a terrible idea. The image of a ghost and a human making out was pretty funny to me. Yes. Like, how true. My favorite thing about this was, like, how I was introduced to the Mediator series, because I think I, like, made some joke about, oh, someone just needs to write, like, a paranormal romance centered on, like, a girl and a ghost. <laughs> and then you were like, I have read those <laughs> books. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually surprised at how many people have read these books. I, since I, like, redesigned the cover for my apps class, and I, like, remember, like, putting the cover up and everybody being like, oh my god, I love those books. I was like, yeah, other people like them too. It wasn't just me being a weirdo. Yeah. I make habits. Yeah, pretty. she's a pretty big deal. Yeah. So. I'll still love Boy Meets Girl forever. She seems like a super nice person. Yeah. I was, like, reading this interview with her, and I'd be like, I just, like, I just want to hang out with you. Be your friend. Yeah. I was talking to somebody who saw her, like, speak live, and apparently it was, like, she is basically an adult teenager. <laughs> <laughs> just not that surprising. Yeah. So, would you recommend these books to a 12-year-old? Yes. <laughs> I mean, for all the issues in them, I guess if it was my 12-year-old, I might be like, let's discuss yes. what do you read Agreed. so we could like bring up some of those problems. Um, but these are books that I think I would have legitimately loved when I was 12. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely, like, I would say a 12-year-old would probably really enjoy them, but I would also recommend discussing it with your 12 year old mm -hmm. so that they could understand some of the uh, shady aspects. Yes. Hey, if a dude tries to murder someone and fails, that doesn't mean he's not a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> Probably should make out with him. Especially because you don't want to make out with him, so yeah. a lot of stuff going on there. Yeah, I would totally recommend these to a 12 year old, and in fact, I... I'm sort of thinking about putting them on the shelves of 826 Boston so mm. that other 12-year-olds can, like, I can spread the gospel yeah. of the, the mediator. mediator. <laughs> God, I really want there to be a TV show. I would <laughs> eat that up. <laughs> um, and would you recommend these to an adult, and if so, under what conditions? Okay. So an adult like me, basically. Yeah. Um, I would... Probably not recommend these to most adults. Mm -hmm. uh, if I had friends who are... Like, I have a lot of friends who read YA. I think mm -hmm. that's, like, a pretty common trend now yeah. for adults to read YA. Um, so it would kind of depend on the friend and depend on the YA they enjoy. I would consider recommending them to an adult who loved Make Cabot when they were a kid but never got around to the yeah. theater series. I'd be like, literally, it'll take you two hours a book. Yeah. 
And it's it's like the sort of thing that I don't know if I would necessarily recommend them to an adult, but I don't know if I would necessarily not recommend them. Yeah. So if an adult was like, hey, I'm thinking about like reading the media or what did you think of it? Oh, they're fun. It won't take you that long. Yeah. But I would never like, I don't think I would ever recommend them to an adult on the basis of like, you will love these yeah. books. I went to a 12 year old. Yeah. Like, I think there are 12 year olds who would legitimately love these mm-hmm. books. But I don't know if anyone like our age, my age, yeah, our age, can we're, we be lumped together collectively? We're within the same <laughs> generation. Um, I don't know if I would ever be like, you will definitely love these books. Yeah. Yeah, somebody was looking, because I almost consider these, like, middle grade, like, other than, like, some of the, like, more right. questionable, sexy parts, like, I would definitely consider these more of a middle grade than a mm-hmm. YA, so if somebody I agree. was specifically looking for, like, middle grade fiction, then I would definitely recommend them. And I also actually wrote, if somebody had an affinity for Meg Cabot, but for some reason hadn't gotten to these yet, oh, nice. I have a friend who has read a bunch of Meg Cabot, including some of her, like, not as good stuff, at least I think that it's, like, not as good and still loves them and, like, hasn't read The Mediator and I'm just like, what is wrong with you? Do that. Yeah, that's definitely... <laughs> yeah, I think I would, like, have that caveat of, um, of, well, you know, like, they're for 13-year-olds, yeah. so... Yeah. They're definitely. not gonna be... That's something I always tell people, going back to Harry Potter, I had some friends who... Like pretty much all my friends have read Harry Potter now, but, like, years ago, when it was still possible to have not read Harry Potter, <laughs> even though it was, like, still a huge phenomenon, yeah. um, I had some friends who really, like, had seen the first several movies and really liked them, mm-hmm. but, like, hadn't read the books. And I said, well, you should really read the books. And they're like, well, I picked up the first book, and I don't know. So I would always say, okay, books one and two are basically kids' books. Mm-hmm. Like, the series ages with him. Mm-hmm. So, like, you kind of have to get through books one and two, get over yourself about, like... The tone, mm-hmm. and then when book three hits, like, and it starts getting darker, like, you'll be fine. Yes, book three is beautiful. It's my fave. So, I'm personally fan of book six, but that's a <laughs> conversation for another day. Uh, that's a whole podcast. But that's, that's like, maybe, like, the same sort of, like, warning mm-hmm. I'd give someone reading The Mediator. It's like, well, if you really like YA written for, like, 18-year-olds, yeah. then this is, like, not quite the same. This isn't The Hunger Games. Yeah. Um... But at the same time, like I said, it was never distractingly young. Mm-hmm. Like, I've read um, some middle grade that, like, I could appreciate for what it was, but I was kind of like, okay, this is definitely, like, for people who are not my age. Yeah. Um, and this doesn't feel as much like that. All right. Thank you for joining me on this document. You're Thanks again for tuning in to Nostalgia Myalgia. If you like what you heard, head to MinervaMag.com for other awesome podcasts like Bardolatry and Novel Ideas, and make sure to follow us on Twitter at MagNerva.